For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in, like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. Hysteria is brought to you by the Just Women's Sports Podcast. It's been a historic month for women. Kamala Harris has shattered one of the highest glass ceilings in the land. If you want even more stories of women crushing expectations and breaking barriers, the Just Women's Sports Podcast was made for you. Host Kelly O'Hara, known for big tackles, World Cup titles, Olympic gold medals, and being a guest on this show a couple months back, sits down each week with the biggest names in women's sports to tackle the untold stories behind their success. These are candid, peer-to-peer conversations on everything from post-Olympic celebrations to fighting for social justice, overcoming injuries, and balancing motherhood with championship ambitions. So take a break from an exhausting yet glorious election and join Kelly on the Just Women Sports podcast. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Can't wait to get started? Follow the team on social at Just Women Sports and subscribe to their newsletter for the latest highlights, stories, and analysis straight to your phone. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, I have a question for you. Yes, Erin. So you know that old chestnut. If you could have dinner with any three historical figures, who would they be? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you could have three historical figures in your pandemic pod, who would they be? And just to be nice, I'll give you four. You get an extra swing district person. So I have to go with Lucille Ball because I would have to have Lucy. I would like Debbie Allen in my pod. She's still alive, thank God, but I would like to have Debbie Allen in my pod. And then to round it out, I would like Lady Di. <laughs> That's my pod. Wow. Because look. That would be a pretty. Right? You have smart, you have funny, you have art, you have active dancing, and then probably some <laughs> of the best gossip you've ever could have hoped for after a couple glasses of wine. Uh, totally. Okay, if you had to add a man to the pod, what historical man would you add? Jesus Christ. I, men never even crossed my mind. To the, oh, Jerry Garcia. What am were, I thinking? Jerry Garcia, of course. I was like, g- good God. Oh my God, I can't believe I almost spaced Jer Bear. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's my like pandemic okay. pod of historical figures. Dorothy Parker. Okay. Because she would she would be drunker than me, which is great. It's always nice to have somebody drunker than you. Also, here's the thing I learned about Dorothy Parker as I was like making sure she wasn't like a terrible human. <laughs> when she died, she left her entire estate to Martin Luther King Jr. Whoa. Yeah. And then when he was assassinated, that part of his estate went to the NAACP. It's pretty amazing. So she like in her death like left a pretty cool like progressive legacy. The other people in my pod, mm. Julia Child. Yes. So that I don't have Yes. She's got a pleasant personality and she knows how to cook and <laughs> this is my princess Diana Hatshepsut. The Egyptian queen. Can our pods be co-located, like just down the road, so we ourselves can have social distance dinners? Oh my God, I would love that. Hatshepsut is uh, my third member of the pod, one of the most powerful women in history, a queen of one of the most interesting historical eras in history, super powerful. I just want to, I mean, she probably can't speak English, so in this version, we can communicate 
Uh, I would love to have Hutchepsut in my pod. Me, Dorothy Parker, Hutchepsut, Wait, and your Julia dude? Child. Who's your dude if you had to add? This is a little bit obscure, but my man in my pod for pandemic would be Patrice O'Neill, the late comedian who is one of the funniest comedians I think of the last 50 years. His comedy is like super confrontational, but I loved him. He passed away a few years ago, very like tragically young, but he was just so fucking funny. And I think between him and Dorothy Parker, I would not stop laughing the entire time. With Julia Child, I wouldn't stop eating. With Hot Shepsut, I wouldn't stop having questions about like weird, creepy Egyptian stuff. Totally. I just think that would be a real fun pod. Our pods are awesome. Our pods are amazing. (laughs) Uh, Let's combine them into one super pod. (sighs) That would be great. It would be like the Fleetwood Mac of pandemic pods. Yes. All right, let's get to the show. This week, we've got a Thanksgiving special episode for you. Dana Schwartz, Grace Parra, and Michaela Watkins join us to tackle the following questions. What does a COVID Thanksgiving look like? What are we thankful for this awful year? And is Thanksgiving food actually bad? All this and more right now. And welcome to the show, everybody. If you're hearing this, it's either Thanksgiving or shortly thereafter. And this year, things look a little different, and it's not just because your sister got bangs. Uh, With the COVID pandemic shattering a grim record over and over again, you'd be hard-pressed to find a health expert who thinks traveling long distances to have a big steamy dinner around a table that's, like, too big for the room, surrounded by several different households worth of people, and they're all breathing and eating and drinking and talking in very loud voices. It's not a good idea. In fact, the CDC's official guidance is that, quote, postponing planned travel and staying home is the best way to protect yourself and others this year. Alyssa, how bad is it across the country? Like, break it down. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Okay, so just a little uh, what we used to call the SITREP, situational report for what is happening in America. 31 states have added more cases in the seven-day period that ended last Wednesday than in any week since the beginning. Vermont, Utah, and Oregon were among 10 states with single-day records this week. And for those of you in the Midwest and the Great Lakes region, you exceeded single-day records by 1,000 people each. Wow, that's pretty bad. Um, So you guys, listeners and co-hosts know that I'm from Wisconsin. My home state of Wisconsin has surpassed 300,000 known cases this week, which is insane. That's an increase of over 130,000 cases in just a month. Like that's, my mom is a high school principal and the elementary school in the town where she's worked has had to shut down because of COVID. And there are now at least like half a dozen people quarantining in her high school. This is like rural Wisconsin that back in the beginning of the pandemic had zero cases. And so people were just kind of acting like everything was fine. And uh, they continue to act like everything was fine just throughout the summer. And now everything is not fine. So I hope that uh, people that are listening did not pull a Farhad Manju and travel a long way to hang out with their families. Uh, We're going to have our own little Thanksgiving dinner here, except none of us are in the same room with each other. And as far as I know, none of us are eating because chewing sounds don't really 
work on podcasts. But if you want to pretend, listeners, that this is your Thanksgiving dinner, you're welcome to hit pause right now. Go grab some pie from the fridge (laughs) and eat it all as you're listening to us because we are in absolutely no position to judge. So let me introduce my fellow turkeys at the table today. And I'm sorry for calling you guys turkeys. I'm just trying to make it on theme. (laughs) First, she's she's an author and the host of the Noble Blood and Popcorn Book Club podcasts. Please welcome Dana Schwartz. Hi, Dana. Hey, Aaron. Thanks for having me. We're excited that you're here. Where are you? I am uh, in my boyfriend's backyard. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Which nice. is nice. Uh, you got you to gotta find a partner based on their outdoor real estate situation, <laughs> I think. Totally. That's like the California equivalent of in New York, starting to date somebody during the summer who has air conditioning. Yes, or a good roof. Very important. Yeah, air conditioning or a roof, definitely a sexy attribute for a partner. Next, she's a writer, actor, and activist. Please welcome Grace Para. Hi, Grace. Hi. Hello. Hi, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. Happy Turkey Day to you, too. It looks like you're at home. I'm at home. I'm wearing my um, Biden-Harris sweatshirt, which is MAGA red. I didn't realize it was going to be this red. I bought it, and I was like, should I be concerned about the fact that this sweatshirt is the same color as the notorious hats? But I don't think people associate sweatshirts with Trump, right? It's red. No, they, they, we they, have to reclaim the color red. Yeah. Totally, Dana. I 100% agree. We're reclaiming patriotism. Okay, good. We're reclaiming the American flag. Yes, we are. We are reclaiming the color red. And yeah. uh, I think we should also reclaim, I mean, sweatshirts, not really a MAGA thing, but sweating, definitely a MAGA thing. <laughs> That is a sweaty, sweaty group of people. Um, Rudy Giuliani's head melting comes to mind. Um, And last but not least, joining us today, she's a comedian, writer, and actor who you can see on CBS's The Unicorn, which airs every Thursday night. Please welcome Michaela Watkins. Hello, Michaela. Hello, everybody. I think we got to reclaim Christmas, too. We can do that now, now that Melania crapped all over, right? <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> yeah, hates it, yeah, so we'll yes. take it. Yes, Melania hates, like, hugs and children and, like, everything nice. <laughs> She's like um, if Queen Elsa Carilla had— Deville. Yeah, or Queen Elsa had, with no redeeming qualities at all. And, like, <laughs> Has Melania Trump ever sung a Christmas song? Oh. Has she ever, like, hummed along to A Little Town of Bethlehem? <laughs> Uh, no. No way, you, right? No. no. I would just, she throws hot water on Frosty. She's no friend of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know how all these jerks are going to, all these jerks are going to go on Dancing with the Stars. Like, oh. we all, we can all see it. Yep. I think that she's got to do like a Dove commercial where she's just like, wakes up fresh, no makeup, loves her body no matter what. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking a lot about, you guys know who Elizabeth Bathory is? Bathory? Yeah, She's the, like the 15th what, yeah. century Hungarian countess. Yes, Dana knows. <laughs> wow. She's all about blood and nobility, so Elizabeth would be right in her T-zone. <laughs> but Elizabeth Bathory is supposed to be one of the most prolific serial killers of all time. And Dana, you could probably fill our listeners in. What did she believe about blood? She believed that if she killed uh, poor virgin girls from the village and bathed in their blood, it would keep her young forever. And I mean, yeah. Wait, this is the... Basis for QAnon, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Virgin blood. As soon as you have sex, the blood is ruined. That's famously scientifically known. But did it work? (laughs) The portraits of her look pretty good. Her skin looks pretty good. I mean, 
By the way, I wish that all we had were oil paintings of ourselves these days. I would, we would all feel way better about our bodies and our self-image, this, you know, the social media thing. Everybody having cameras on their phones, not great for any reason. Yeah. I know. We need, we need the Rubenesque app and like to bring that back. <laughs> I mean, yes. commissioning, being rich enough to commission an artist to paint a flattering portrait of you is the original Instagram filter. And, <laughs> and also being important and powerful enough so that if it was an unflattering portrait, they know that it's like their head on the line. So they paint you <laughs> extra good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but we were talking about Melania's uh, beauty commercials, and I was picturing her just kind of emerging from a tub full of human blood, much like uh, Elizabeth. <laughs> I stay young by bathing in the blood of the people that my husband has killed. <laughs> <laughs> we can laugh because it's almost over, guys. We can laugh because it's almost over. So I'm going to pivot a little bit because this is Thanksgiving. People are listening on Thanksgiving, and we're all from different parts of the country. We're all from different places. I wanted to open by asking how everybody's families are doing with the whole pandemic situation. Like, I kind of went into the fact that my mom's nervous because her school keeps having to close. Michaela, how's your family and, like, are people around them taking the pandemic seriously? Um, well, you know, my mom is just outside Boston, and I think my mother is Massachusetts' greatest threat because— <laughs> She will not sit her ass home and stop going to the AT&T store. I, I, right now, mom, I'm going to shame you publicly on here. Stay in. She's 83 years old and she, there's a Latin teacher on the loose in Massachusetts and uh, <laughs> she's wearing her mask, which is good. But the truth is like Massachusetts is like a, every state right now where the people who are most affected are Black, Hispanic and Latinx people and people who can't afford health care. And, and basically it's it's the same everywhere. We're the most vulnerable and the most affected. Massachusetts was doing really well, but now they're spiking sharply. And I think part of why they were doing well was because it's a college town, right? I, I can't speak for all of Massachusetts, but I can just say in the Boston area, it's a college town and people got real serious about what they're going to do with the students. For example, Northeastern University made everybody sign this contract and that they were not going to convene and have more than three people in their dorm room or something like that. And the first day, of course, uh, and I would have been this idiot, you know, 11 people in a dorm room. And they all got sent home and they got their tuition revoked. I mean, they you explain to your parents that you're not going to get that back, you know. So I think they scared the crap out of everybody right out of the gate, had like, huge consequences if you didn't follow the rules. Mm. And so they were doing really well. But, you know, now that everybody's gone inside like everywhere, not the weather has turned cold, I think there's, they're spiking real sharply now. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad your mom's wearing her mask. That is like a big get. It's her favorite pastime is buying masks <laughs> online right now. Are they funny masks? Are they like kind of like like mom humor yeah, masks? They're like it's like inside Latin baseball masks, which nobody yeah. gets, but she's having a chuckle. Oh my god. I love your nerdy mom. That is that's amazing. That's a hysteria mom right there, yeah. by the way. That is a classic hysteria mom. Yeah. Inside Latin jokes. My The mask that I've been wearing a lot lately has uh, a raccoon emerging from a trash bin holding a rainbow <laughs> that says trash above him. So That's cute. novelty That's cute. masks are a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to pivot to our resident Texan, Grace. Howdy. Howdy. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. The stars at night are big and bright. Clap, 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 clap. Clap, 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 clap. Deep mm -hmm. in the heart. 
et cetera. I think we covered everything. Yeah. Um, so how are things uh, around where your family is and uh, is your family feeling like the situation is under control and are they being safe? Oh, it's not under control at all. I mean, at all. In fact, my mom, by the time that this uh, this podcast is out, has officially canceled Thanksgiving, which was just going to be one of my brothers, his wife, and my uh, nieces and nephews, three of them, coming over to her house. So a total of two households, six people. And she was like, fuck it. I'm doing this solo. I'm going to be in my house. I'm going to be having whatever I want to eat myself. And the great thing about it is that she feels thrilled and like empowered by having made that decision. She doesn't feel sad about being alone on Thanksgiving. She doesn't feel bad about it. She's like, fuck my kids. I'm trying to take care of myself over here. I'm 74, <laughs> whatever, taking care of myself. And I, I love it. I love that she feels empowered to have made that decision because she doesn't trust the fuckos. And there's too many fuckos all over the country, especially in Texas. <laughs> so, it, you know, when you hear like, man, if, if this, at this point last year, I had been told that my mom was going to be spending Thanksgiving alone, I would have burst into tears. I would have been thinking, God, what could have possibly happened to make her make that decision or feel good about that decision? Why was I not there to step in and change the course of that day for her? But I feel really excited about the fact that she's just relieved and that she's, she's empowered by that decision. And I think it's, I don't know what the rest of my family is doing in Texas because everybody's plans are a little bit TBD. And in fact, that's something I'm, I'm excited to talk about with you guys today that my plans are TBD right now. Everything's changed because the CDC guidelines that came out 48 hours ago have now made everybody feel, I think, really nervous. None of us were planning big trips, you know, that involved getting on planes and going out of, out of state. But even, you know, driving to an Airbnb with a couple friends, which was my plan up until pretty much right now, I feel unsure about that. And and I imagine there's a, for a lot of our listeners, there are a lot of plans last minute that have to be amended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think listeners, longtime listeners of the show know I never go home for Thanksgiving because it falls during deer season and everything in my, sm- <laughs> everything in my small town, I swear to God, it's like a, it smells like blood in my town. God. It is, it's deer season and people are like, you know, I'm I am not a hunter, but I am pro-responsible hunting. I think it's really important to a lot of ecosystems. Mm-hmm. And I love eating venison. Um, and so it's really nice when I get, you know, sent some sausages in the mail by my dad. But Aaron, Aaron, if they're virgin deer, <laughs> have you considered? <laughs> I should perhaps be rubbing the sausages on my face. <laughs> my aesthetician would probably get mad at me and be like, why are your pores all clogged <laughs> with deer blood? But um <laughs> Your face is very gamey this week. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it smells a little bit like something that would go well with some like squash and some sage. Um, <laughs> Alyssa, you're you're actually kind of close to where you grew up. Like what is going on in upstate New York and, you know, what's your family doing? I got to be honest, the deer hunting. So that's a very real thing up here. And one of my worst (laughs) memories ever was when I was going back to school in Vermont after Thanksgiving, and there was a pileup on the throughway or the northway, as it would be, of two cars that had been hunting and their deer carcasses were everywhere. Oh, and I still see it very vividly, very vividly. I was listening to Jewel. How many carcasses we talking about? I mean, we're talking like eight. Oh, God. I'm telling you, Jewel, Foolish Games or whatever that song was, I keep hearing, every time I hear that song, (laughs) all I do is see pile up. But no, up here, things uh, things are spiking up here. And because New York is so traumatized from last March and April, they're taking it just like so seriously. Like I went to get my hair cut today. 
And it's and it looks thank really you, thank you guys. Way. Yeah, really. That was just my you know compliment me. No, um, but the salon, which normally had sort of gotten to the point where everyone was in shields and masks, but they had a couple clients at a time, is now sort of one client at a time. And it's just a lot of stores are shutting down and just to be safe. And it's just so sad because some restaurants had finally started to come back. But I mean, up here, they're just not physically big enough to socially distance inside. And so it's it's a bummer. But for Thanksgiving, my parents are a half hour away in Rhinebeck where I grew up. So we are going to go see them. However, me, the ever planner, I have ordered a backup Thanksgiving dinner from the women who are my neighbors, who are like the best. They have food provisions in town and it's like the most delicious posh food. So I'm like, either we'll eat it on Thanksgiving or we'll eat it the day after. (laughs) (laughs) I'd just be so bummed if I didn't have my turkey and stuffing and gravy. So either way, we're going to have it. (laughs) I, You know what? I love that you have a backup Thanksgiving. That is the most Alyssa Mastromonaco Thanksgiving plan I've ever. It's very on brand. Yeah, it's like an in case of emergency. You got to have a backup. Totally. I I really wish we had a Alyssa the Master Monaco lifestyle newsletter that went out. <laughs> oh, well, stick around, I guys. I would love that. I would <laughs> absolutely love that. Guys, stick around. There may be something like that in the works. You never know. Oh, God. Come on. Again, I'm so excited. I just need jams and jellies recipes. You never know. There Me may too. be some of that. Breads. All kinds of stuff. Oh, I'm in. All kinds of stuff. A playlist to uh, watch car accidents, too. Exactly. Alyssa's got some great car accident playlists. This got dark. (laughs) It's just foolish games 12 times over. Yeah, that's... You know, one time I had a neighbor that was playing a song over and over again. I think it was like Adele's Someone Like You. And I could hear it through the walls and it played like 10 times in a row. And there was a point where I was like, do I need to do a wellness check? Yes, you do. (laughs) That's definitely a wellness check song for sure. Um, Dana, your family is in the Chicago area mostly. Yeah. And Chicago has had a real like up and down summer. How is your family doing and, and how are people around them handling the pandemic? I mean, it's it's not great. I mean, fortunately, and knock on wood, my family is safe. But Thanksgiving has always been like a really big deal for my family. We're Jewish, so we don't like celebrate Christmas. We have a big Passover in the spring. But in like the fall and winter, Thanksgiving really is like Hanukkah is just like not a thing. But like Thanksgiving is our Christmas. And this year, uh, we're not doing it. Uh, my parents are over 60. And even though all of my siblings live in the Chicago area, so wouldn't have to travel still like, you know, my sister works in the hospital system and goes into work. And we just thought that, it, you know, it just wasn't safe this year to do it. And obviously, it being Chicago, you can't eat outside. So I'm doing a, my first like adult Passover away from my family in Los Angeles. And uh, right before this podcast, we were all on like a family group chat trying to figure out like what we can do to kind of make it feel special, even though we're apart, like a Zoom where we're all like baking the same pie or like, you know, like an activity that we're doing together. So, yeah, we're trying to do that very modern thing of being uh, together apart. Oh, man, that is like I'm really glad you brought up the together apart thing, because, you know, like I said, Thanksgiving has never been a thing for my family, but I love my family and I like being around them. Um Before we talk about like how to be together apart, Dana, I have like a follow-up for you. Yeah. Were you all wearing your matching overalls 
when you do the family <laughs> Zoom call. <laughs> we always are. Every time we text each other, we're in matching family, Schwartz family overalls. <laughs> Dana has some really adorable pictures of her and her siblings wearing matching overalls, and they're awesome. For a little context, for my mom's 60th birthday, there's like a big family picture of all of us as like toddlers in overalls, like lying on our stomachs. And so for my mom's 60th birthday, we got in matching overalls and recreated the picture. That's perfect. All lying on our stomachs, looking very cute in overalls, if I do say so myself. Michaela, like, are you doing any sort of like alone together activities? I mean, I know your your mom's on the other coast, so I'm sure you're kind of used to having a relationship with her that relies a lot on like phone calls and Zoom calls and stuff. Like, are you guys doing anything special for Thanksgiving or are you adjusting your holiday plans? I'm so glad you brought this up because I really need to make a plan. Um, (laughs) Literally have not. No, same, same, same. I'm so behind. (laughs) So behind. I have not even begun to think about it. Every day it's the same thing where I wake up and I tell my husband, we are locking it down. We're not going to see anybody. We're not going to go on a hike with a person. We're not even going to sit outside. It's getting crazy. And then, you know, I fall back on that and I'm like, oh, they tested? Okay, well, then we can, you know. But then the next morning, it's like Groundhog's Day. I'm like, we're, we're locking it down. We're not doing anything. So um, I haven't made any sort of actual plan for my husband and I and our dog. But I do think we'll probably do a family Zoom where we spend 78% of it trying to get my mom to unmute herself. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's tricky about making plans is that you have to ask yourself, can I tell other people who are not involved in my plans about the plans that I'm making and be honest about it? Like, could I take a picture of what I'm doing right now and post it on Instagram? Or am I going to look like a piece of shit if I do that? Yeah, you don't yep. want to Gary, you don't want to noosome it at all. You know? <laughs> oh like, my God. Yeah. yeah. Because I keep asking, I'm like, did they all test? Like, was there a thing? Yeah. Was there like a lot of lead up to this where they were like, no, this is going to be incredibly, because I can't, I don't find anything about that. And I get it. I get going to French Laundry because I tried to go there for not even my honeymoon. My husband and I got married and had to drive back to Los Angeles from Portland, Oregon the next day. And I was like, let's stop in Napa and go to French Laundry. And I called every single damn person I knew who (laughs) was fancy. And I was like, couldn't get in. Look, they wanted to do a private dinner, quote unquote, outside, you know, with six people or something like that. And everybody was distanced and everybody tested. Mm -hmm. I could almost see an avenue for that. He did all wrong. He did it. He did it all wrong. Look, the guy didn't throw rallies. I'm not like mad at him in that way, but I am mad at him. I think only because he just gave ammunition to people who think the the COVID is a hoax. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it feels like you have to set not just like an example, but the best example when you're at the top. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I get it. But yeah, no, you have that responsibility to be like a little bit better than everyone else. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that as a co-host of Hysteria. I have a responsibility (laughs) to be a little bit ethically better. Exactly. You know, it's true though. I I really like, this is what's where my husband and I right now are are about to make a decision about whether or not we go to an Airbnb that we've booked with three friends, one couple, and then a friend who's flying in. Mm -hmm. And we're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I mean, it's only five people, but three households. But somebody's flying in. I don't know. It's dicey. Yeah. I know. If you if you do it, just do it right. And then when you post about it, just take everybody through your <laughs> meticulous steps of what you did to do it correctly. 
Or here's also the thing. You don't need to post about it if you're like, right? Of course. There's yes. always, I always, yes. I thought. For sure. Consider not posting. I thought that yeah. with Kim Kardashian on the island, where if she had just yeah. went to this island and didn't post it, no one would have known. She could just, just keep it, it to your damn self. Yeah. Keep it to your damn self. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's something that's like interesting because here's the thing about COVID that, well, there's a bunch of things about COVID that really, really suck. But one thing that really sucks about it is it's like a sort of Russian roulette disease. Mm. Like there are people that are definitely, like almost for sure going to have something really bad happen to them if they catch it, if they have a bunch of comorbidities. But sometimes people who don't have those comorbidities or just have one get it. And it's like the worst possible outcome. So it's sort of like, what is the potential upside for me planning this? And what is the potential downside? And if you're just like kind of coming at it cold, like a philosopher, it's like a near infinite downside and a super limited upside. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. imagine if you were at like Amy Coney Barrett's <laughs> super spreader event slash the where, where she announced herself and COVID also announced itself. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, like, what an embarrassing thing that's always going to be attached to her name. What a humiliating thing to be attached to Reverend oh God. Uh, John Jenkins, the president of Notre Dame. That's what I say every day because I go to work with 150 people. And if I ever thought that I was the reason somebody died, you know, I mean, how do you go on? That would be hideous. Or if I if we had a shutdown production because, and somebody couldn't put, you know, food on the table because I decided I wanted to go do something lax and stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's where I draw my moral and ethical line. Mm-hmm. However, I'm somebody also, like my husband was probably Lewis or Clark in a past <laughs> life. Like he was probably both. Um, <laughs> Why not Sacagawea? She's the one that ran that whole shit. Actually, that would make a lot more sense and explain a lot more <laughs> if he was. Because he's like, has to know what's beyond every single hill and beyond every mountain and would like explore a puddle if there was no no lake to look into. And I'm somebody who's just like, Oh, it's far away. We're good. And so, you know, not celebrating the holidays this year is not the worst, like, possible reality for me. Actually, I kind of am like, why don't I savor not having to do anything and getting to, like, not do anything? Because next year it's going to be back into the grind where everybody's stressed out. Yeah. Where, you know, I'm playing the role of like frantic lady trying to make mashed potatoes, you know, again. <laughs> yeah. Last year I uh, was about to have my period while I was cooking Thanksgiving, like for a potluck that friends in our neighborhood have, which I'm sad we're going to miss this year. But I prepared three dishes for the potluck. And one of them was mac and cheese with a recipe I'd never tried before. And because I'd never tried the recipe before and because real real mac and cheese looks real weird before you put it in the oven. And -hmm. because I was about to have my period, I sobbed over some mac and cheese yesterday (laughs) before, or not yesterday, last last year before I put, no, dude, it was funny. It was a funny sob. (laughs) I was like, I messed it up. Everyone was counting on me. I've screwed up. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, Michaela, I'm feeling glad that I'm going to be rid of that stress this year. Because like when I feel like people are depending on me to make good food, I'm like, it totally freaks me out. Alyssa, I feel like you don't have the same thought process when it comes to cooking and baking because I see your Instagram and it is just a fucking Martha Stewart living magazine. Here's so how, like, how are you? But it does. It, oh, it does. It okay. does. It really does. Because 
when I'm posting like a lunatic on Instagram, it's because I'm like trying things out and it's okay if I, I will post, if I fuck something up, I will post it and be like, you know what? This did not turn out the way I wanted it to. But when you're cooking, that's, it's all just for me. But like the friends who I told you about who have the food provision store, Mona and yeah, Kate, yeah. and they are part of my quarantine pod up here in upstate New York with my friend Gina, whose house I'm in right now. And we take turns. We call it takeout. Sometimes someone will make dinner and then someone will pick it up. Like we don't all eat together, but one person makes dinner and then everybody comes and grabs their takeout or we will eat together or play cards together. And whenever we have to cook for Mona, who is the be all end all, doesn't matter. You're still sweating. You're still like, oh my God, I don't think the sauce is coming together. I mean, is it supposed to look like that? I think it's breaking. And so, uh, and even for my family, because they're very specific, um, I get nervous because you just don't want mom to be like, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. You did a good job. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's uh, you know, that that kind of made me have like a little bit of an idea. And I don't know if it's like 100% safe, but here's my idea. I'm not a doctor or a scientist. If you live in a kind of urban neighborhood and you have like friends that you normally do Thanksgiving with, why not do like Thanksgiving tapas where you make a dish and you package it into like individual Tupperwares and people come up and they go around the neighborhood like trick-or-treating kind of where you pick up your food. Yeah, and, or, or, and like BYOB um, tongs, you know? Yeah, totally. So you never have to, yeah. Get like your own Bring your own tongs <laughs> and then everybody goes down the line. You guys, I actually have a friend who's doing that in D.C. My friend, my... Really? How many people? How big so is the group? So it is about two, four, six. I think she's got eight people total. And she has ordered wow. a ton of food and she's making food and she bought to-go containers. And she just wanted the act of creating and like seeing people. But so they're, she's putting together to-go meals for everyone and they're going to drop them off or have people come pick them up. And that's their Thanksgiving. That's really sweet. I love it. I fucking love that. That's great. My mom is doing that for my sister. She's making like the the pre-made pie. She's making the pie dough and they'll pick it up and like roll it out. It's nice. And they'll like do the things. Actually, you know, you did bring up something, Alyssa, which is my favorite thing that um, I say I'm going to do every year, but I have so many friends who actually do do it every year, which is they go to the the shelters and and they cook and they do. I did it once and I loved it. I don't actually know why I haven't done it every single year because it's brilliant. But I wonder, you know, COVID is really going to just kick that. In you the know tush. what? I uh, I think I have the solution. So Mandy Moore, who is uh, yes. lovely, and she's a, a mutual follow on Instagram, not to humble brag. <laughs> she posted something a few weeks ago where a friend of hers for their birthday um, asked for people to package a certain number of meals for the homeless. Oh, and like uh-huh. in cities like Los Angeles, like you can do like sack lunches for people where you get the ingredients and you like put the meal together at your house and then you bring the sack lunches there and then they distribute it that way. So you're not like in that's, a- That's a great mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, that's so sweet. like I would, yeah. So I would, have, like if people want to get involved with that, I know that there are things available in Los Angeles. I'm sure in any major city um, or any city that is big enough to have a shelter, that would be like something that you could probably do, especially since we're not like most of us, I mean, most responsible people are not traveling to- go see their family this year. They're not spending like three days, you know, getting there and and getting back. Um, I want to pivot real quick before we run out of time for this part of the conversation. So we're all 
ostensibly going to be at home or in smaller, like modified pods for Thanksgiving this year. One of my favorite things about Thanksgiving is that after the meal, everybody just sort of sits on the couch together in a living room with like 10 people and they all watch like a football game or they all watch the same movie or we all go on a walk and then sit down on the couch and watch the same movie. So Alyssa, do you guys have any like movie traditions or like TV traditions that you guys like to do that you can do maybe on your own, maybe while texting people you normally do it with this year? So uh, our holiday TV movie traditions are planes, trains, and automobiles. Classic. The first viewing of Love Actually. I don't care if it doesn't stand the test of time. I fucking love it. And uh, the WKRP in Cincinnati Thanksgiving episode where they, God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. So that is what we, uh, that's what we do. And then throughout the day, we make a joke about cheers because you'll remember the episode of cheers when they had Thanksgiving and the bird never got into the earth tones. And so we're always like, has Birdzilla gotten into the earth tones? And we're like, ah, that episode of cheers is so funny. So that's it. That's our whole thing. Welcome to 175 Knollwood Road. <laughs> um, Alyssa, turkeys can kind of fly. Kind of. Wild turkeys But not like can. from the sky. Uh, yeah, what? they can. I mean, wild turkeys can no, get they can't, some like, height. How much are we talking? How much height off the they ground? They can like Couple soar feet. like a condor. Here's here's how much how, how they can fly. One flew through my brother's plate glass window in St. Paul. <laughs> That's how much turkeys oh, and they're they're a menace. menace. They're awful. They're awful. Wild turkeys are... Are they're big. Turkeys. They're really scary. I think they're like yeah. they're yeah. scary. How big they I are. Got the dinosaurs by a pack. Yeah, by a they're pack. What? Terrifying. By a pack. In you know, I a live pack. in the sticks too. And um, I went jogging, and then I was turned around, and there were turkey. I think oh. they were turkey or turkey turkey vultures. They were enormous. Turkey they vultures. Were are such a thing as a turkey so scary vulture? turkey vultures. Mm-hmm. They're the so closest. Terrifying. They're the closest you can get to that scene in Jurassic Park where the velociraptors are teaming up to take you down. It's so scary. I literally they are like, guys. Why don't I know enough about fowl? You need, why am oh I just gosh. now learning these facts? Great. This is awesome. Get into birds. Get birds into are birds. Wild. And then, and then go to Pinnacles State Park where the largest population of California condors in the wild nests and lives. And, like, mm. you will get your shit rocked if you see a California condor. I saw- can, can, can we have a, a hysteria ornithology episode? Amazing. Oh, I'm oh so my God. Guys. I would love an episode of things that crawled into my house. <laughs> oh, I have so many good <laughs> stories for that. I have, oh, my God. I have so many. I think I have... Mountain lions, raccoon, oh. raccoon. Oh, wow. One time when I was a kid, we, um, so we had a, a well because we weren't connected to the town. Our well was like self-contained. One time my mom looked out the window and the neighbor's bull was standing on top of the, the place where the well is. And my mom goes, I still remember the exact tone she used. She goes, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first day I pulled up to our house, like I said, in the in the country, and I'm not a country, I'm not at all a country gal when this happened, and there was a coyote just standing its ground, broad daylight, just staring at me, and I opened up my, and I opened up my car door to kind of be like, I kind of honked at it first, nothing, and then I opened up my car door and I went, these were my words, go on now. <laughs> <laughs> We all become like prairie wives. You when become a character, an old yeller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, Dana, speaking of Old Yeller, which would be the worst movie to watch on Thanksgiving, do you yeah. have like a Thanksgiving movie tradition? Uh, not a movie tradition, but we do love the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade as a family. And we mostly oh, yeah. the Broadway Me performances. Too. <laughs> We're big on the Broadway performances. Maybe even go back, rewind, watch them again. Because those are always concentrated at the beginning. And then the floats, you can like wander off and cook and just keep that on the background. And then immediately after it is the Westminster Dog Show on a normal year. Yes. We, the Schwartz family, yes. loves yes. watching the Westminster Dog Show, but mostly because we judge the people <laughs> instead of the dogs. Mm. We love the, the, the women who always choose to wear skirts that end at the widest part of the calf, which is always a choice, <laughs> and sensible flat shoes. Uh, yeah, judging judging the the people is is very fun, and I recommend it on a normal uh, year. I don't know if they're going to do the dog show. Well, consider adding best in show as like a substitute for yeah. The that dog does show. seem that that seems like a like a good thing, a good choice. The Para family tradition is actually the Westminster Dog Show followed by best in show. We double up. Wow, and it's a great experience. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow. But I do wonder what's happening with the Thanksgiving Day Parade and the and the dog show. I, read, I think the Thanksgiving Parade is happening, right? But in a modified yes. Thanksgiving Day Parade is happening. It's okay. only going to be one block with no bystanders. So basically, they're making it like a TV special. Oh, man. Wow. When I lived in Manhattan, they would set the, the balloons up like two blocks from my house because I lived like on 112th and 8th. And uh, which is like just north of Central Park for the non-New Yorkers, just like two blocks from Central Park. And, um, yeah, they used to set the balloons up, like, along, like, close to where I was living. And I'm going to say, as someone that was living up there, it was a very annoying time of the year. But I'm glad that it brought uh-huh. so much entertainment. I mean, it was, like, an annoying thing that I was just like, yeah, but, like, this is great for so many people. Like, it's okay that it's bad mm-hmm. for me for, like, two days. Um, Michaela, do you have, like, a TV or movie tradition for Thanksgiving? You know, I I don't because, you know, when I used to go home for it, my family called it the uh, annual introduction of my lousy boyfriend uh, event. (laughs) And uh, so I I said, fine, fuck you. I'm I'm not going home anymore. And uh, I uh, have been doing uh, Thanksgiving with, uh, like Friendsgiving every year. And Friendsgiving is great because it involves a lot of drinking. You know, I usually just eat a lot, sit on the couch, um, eat more, um, watch really shitty TV. Like right now I'm watching The Undoing, which is just awesome trash. trash. It's beautiful, beautiful it's trash. trash. Except for those coats. The coats. Oh my God. Grace, you Why get it? It's the coats. Like, the coats. I think the coats did it is what <laughs> I think happened. Um, <laughs> I don't know why Nicole Kidman looks like a sorceress. I don't know why every single, <laughs> I don't know why every single person, like, I don't know why the writers or the writer's assistants didn't flag that every single character at some point says to Nicole, my advice, get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> my, advice, my advice, take the kid and get out of here for a while. My advice, like everybody starts the line with my advice, dot, dot, dot. Oh, man. Yep. That's like the that's like the imaginary Manhattan version of the like southernism of well I will say this <laughs> well I will guys say I have this. breaking anyway. news I have breaking news over here the Westminster what? Dog Show will air directly after the Macy's <gasps> Thanksgiving Day Parade and it will have no oh, spectators no spectators no sponsors Uh-oh. and will be done socially distanced in compliance with COVID nineteen guidelines. I am so happy. I couldn't be happier. Oh, oh this is great news. That's oh. really awesome news. Um, 
I'm just going to say, so I've gotten really into football this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, no, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I've been, no, I mean, I always kind of like, I liked it growing up and then I went to a football school and I liked it in college. And then after college, it was just kind of like, I just, I mean, it stressed me out too much. And it was just like, why am I choosing to get stressed out about this thing that I can just ignore and go on with my life about? Um, mm -hmm. and, and, but this year I've been really into football. I've been really into the Steelers, which as of recording time are nine and no, and it's only because I've married a Steeler fan and if it's like part of the prenup, that's the only part of the prenup is you must Same. cheer for the Steelers. Um, oh yeah. You're with the Patriots. Though, oh, unfortunately. And Patriots. Yeah. Patriots and Tom Brady. And so we, it's, t it's tough because we toggle between wherever Belichick is and uh, the Buccaneers. And that's a, that's a tough team to root for. Oh man. To Tom Brady. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like the rain man of football. He just kind of, he's so good at football that he just is I'm real dumb about everything else. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, but I'm like really excited to watch like football after, you know, whatever Thanksgiving is this year. Um, but let me just like suggest as a new addendum to the like Thanksgiving movie list, I think Knives Out is a Thanksgiving movie. Oh. oh. Yeah. Great call. Yes. The family. Yeah. yeah family getting together. It's the sweater. The sweater. Yeah, yeah. Chris Evans has a sweater on that is an excellent sweater. It's a very um, cozy fall movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People seem warm for most of the movie. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Knives Out. Can I also make a different pitch for what I want to be my Thanksgiving movie this year? Yeah. Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Mm. Okay. okay. A very autumnal color scheme, family, okay. coziness, like they're in uh, Massachusetts and the leaves are changing. Timothy Chalamet is an autumnal actor. I feel. He is. Yes. Yeah. He is. I feel autumnal when I look at him. Okay. So conservative gadflies and grifters are saying that people who are not going home for Thanksgiving and warning others to uh, follow the advice of public health experts are somehow declaring a war on Thanksgiving. So. Like we've discussed the war on Christmas earlier. Does this mean we've been so successful on the war on Christmas that we've reached a whole new front? Like, have we broken through the Western front of the war on Christmas? And since our war on the holidays is going so well, what holiday should we do a war on next? Grace, I'm going to start with you. What's the next war holiday? It's a war on Thanksgiving for sure. And I believe <laughs> that uh, it's a war on, war on Valentine's Ooh, Day next. Yes. And I think that actually might unite our different sides. Ooh. Yeah, I feel like the incel part of the MAGA crew will be yes. really into the war on Valentine's Day. It'll yep. unite incels and feminists for the first, for the first time. time. Yes. Wow. I know. I love that. If you want to unite the country, that's how we do it. It brings together the incels and the feminists. All the married people <laughs> are going to be like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> Dana, what do you think we should declare a war on? I'm going to say declare war on Halloween hmm. because it's going to be fun to make the conservative pundits defend say, a Satan, <laughs> Satanistic uh, <laughs> pagan ritual. <laughs> that's just, I think it would be funny. I like that. Uh, I would, I'm very pro Halloween, so I might have some problems with your war, but I understand the spirit behind the war. Oh, I, 
I love Halloween. Maybe the war is like we want to maybe maybe we flip it and say we want to bring it back to its like paganistic Satan offering roots. So it's like Samhain. I think that's what it was. That's what it was called. Samhain. Yeah. I don't know. I know a lot about Satan, guys. Um, <laughs> it was I think that was like the Celtic festival that it was like that partially derived from. I'm just saying we should add dancing naked uh, in blood like the end of the witch. To Halloween. Totally. I mean, it's the time that the fabric between the mortal and immortal uh, is is, uh, is thinnest. Mm. Um, I want to declare a war on St. Patrick's mm. Day. Yeah. My name is Aaron Ryan, and I am declaring war on St. Patrick's Day. Um, I feel like my name gives me a little bit more credit for being Irish than I actually am because I'm not actually that Irish. Just a bunch of women in my line married men who were Irish, and that's what happened. Um, St. Patrick's Day is an obnoxious holiday. It is a holiday where your least favorite people get the most excited to play the worst music, act the worst way and and do the shittiest things. In America, St. Patrick's Day is trash, Mm -hmm. and we should totally declare war on it. Alyssa, what's your holiday war? I have to go with Grace and say it has to be a war on Valentine's Day. I just think it would be... Love it. I think it would be entertaining. I think it would unite weird groups of people. Um, And Mm. as as long as I can still get my Russell Stover box of chocolates, I mean, I'm good. (laughs) You don't need Valentine's Day to do that. Good point. And also, I'll say for the couples, couples, we've you got your anniversary. We got your anniversary. Just make that your Valentine's Day. We don't need Valentine's Day. Too many occasions. Has anyone celebrated Valentine's Day like in the last five years? Yes. No. No. Oh. No, we haven't either. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a week before my birthday. I can't get two bites at the February apple. (laughs) I always think it's scary with a couple because you you're sort of playing this game of chicken. Like, you don't know how much the other person's going to celebrate it. Yeah. So, like, you have to sort of hedge your bets a little. But if you think it's cheesy, you're like, well, what do I do just so I don't feel bad if he does something big? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, – and I fail every year. I'm, I'm, I fall short. <laughs> and my husband does something. It's this – you know, I also would like to seize birthdays. I mean, you know, like, let's just agree that we can celebrate them every four years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or just do all September birthdays, like, you know, one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, I'm just like, there's a lot. We all know a lot of people. And it just seems like it, eh, there's a lot of birthdays. See, you know what, Michaela? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say not only yes to that, but I'm gonna end it and say the people who believe that their entire birthday month should be celebrated, no. they need to die. No. they need to die. I need to, I want to push them off a cliff. Die, especially if you're over like 25. Birthday has the word day in it. It's a day. You get a day. Yes, it's a birthday. It's a day. Yes. I got in a knockdown drag out fight with an ex-boyfriend about him wanting to have a birthday week. And I was like, no, you don't get a day week. It's a day day. <laughs> no. Okay. So guys, I'm really glad that the war on the holidays is going so well. We've successfully defeated Thanksgiving and we're moving on to, it looks like, several new fronts. I'm confident that we can defeat all these holidays in our war. We have to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do something a little bit more traditional and talk about what we're thankful for. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. 
Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, be, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. Okay, we're back. We are at the part of this uh, Zoom Thanksgiving dinner where none of us are eating, but you might be eating, uh, to talk about what we're thankful for this year. And then we're going to get to some listener submissions. I will start around this like family table of what I'm thankful for. First thing I want to say I'm thankful for is I'm thankful for all of you. I think that hysteria has become, I mean, this is kind of a meta commentary, but I think the show has been it just feels good to do. And it feels good to know that it means something to the people who listen. So I'm grateful for all of you for being such an important part of making this what it is and what it continues to be. So very thankful. Um, Second thing I'm thankful for, and this is fucking cheesy, but I'm very thankful for my husband. And I sound, I sound like Phyllis Schlafly right now, but you know, this year was, (laughs) I mean, he did give me permission to do this podcast today, which I am very thankful for. Um, (laughs) But did he say you could do it without lipstick? Now that's my question. (laughs) I'm in rural Utah. And what I do most days is wake up and go on like an eight mile hike. Uh, So lipstick is mostly unnecessary. And I actually, we actually might move here. But, you know, I'm thankful for him because this year was hard. And I don't think anybody had an easy time this year. And anybody who did have an easy time this year probably should shut up about it because so many people had bad 2020s. But, you know, of all the people that I could be trapped with inside, I'm really glad that it that it was him. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my uh, my new in-laws because I just got married in October. Aww. And um, I'm thankful for my family. So those, I mean, this is, it's not funny, the things that I'm thankful for, but I'm very thankful for those things. Um, Alyssa, what are you thankful for? 
Well, not to drag on your coattails or anything, but uh, one, I'm thankful truly and sincerely for all of you. I am also thankful for my hubs because we have been together every single day since March 13th, and it could have gone one way or another. <laughs> and I like can't imagine a time now when we won't just be together all the time. Like when we're back going on trips, like there were times in 2019 where it was like I was gone for two weeks and then I'd come home and he'd leave. And now we're just like the best of pals. And I'm also very thankful for nature because without nature – I don't know what I would do. I'm like truly grateful for it. Like I pull off on the side of the road and I'm like, those fucking leaves are beautiful. Like (laughs) what if I'm not around next year? COVID's also made me feel mortality, you know? And so I'm like very much like when I put my Christmas lights up on my bushes the other day, I looked at the hill behind me and I'm like, so beautiful. And so anyway, that's what I'm grateful for. Oh, Oh. Um, let's see who gets to go next. Dana, what, Dana, what are you thankful for in 2020? Well, yeah, not to, again, jump on the bandwagon of I'm really, really grateful for my family and that everyone's in good health. I started dating someone new in quarantine and I'm, have been really grateful for like that, you know, for being able to, to start something new and, and good in quarantine, which feels like a blessing I shouldn't have been able to get. Um, this is a little maybe petty, but honestly, after watching some of like the Trump supporters craziness, I'm genuinely really grateful that my parents and siblings are all like smart liberal people, which I know sounds so minor, but like what a nightmare for some people who have to who have to argue with their parents and like feel like their parents are losing touch with reality. I mean, I had a conversation with my dad a few months ago where he was like, my dad's like a 60-something white guy. And he's like, you know what, Dana? I've been thinking there are things in my life where as a white man, there are just hardships I'll never experience. And it doesn't mean my life isn't hard, but it means that I'll never have to like suffer the consequences for the color of my skin or my gender. And I was like, yes, dad, (laughs) like my dad organically understood white male privilege. And I was really excited. And so I'm grateful for that because I know that for some people it's been really hard especially with Trump, especially maybe even with QAnon stuff, being separated from the people they love. Mm-hmm. Grace, yeah. how, how about you? I am so grateful for my health and I'm grateful for the health of my family and my husband and his family because that is not something to be taken for granted. And I think every day about those 250,000 people who have uh, lost their lives just to COVID alone, and that is uh, devastating. It's just devastating. And I think that's the thing that I'm most grateful for and why it's so important to push through till this vaccine, which I'm also grateful for uh, because it's very, it's it's imminent. It's it's not too far away. We will have an end to this pandemic at some point soon. We just have to, to be patient. Um, and I'm grateful for everybody who is exercising that patience and very grateful that the election's over and that we have a new president elect because that is awesome. And there's so much hope and excitement in just a few things that I mentioned there that really propel my gratitude every day. And on a personal level, as a fellow COVID bride, Oh man, I don't know what I would, I don't know where I'd be without my husband. I'm so grateful that we've gotten to spend all this time together and 
um, that we got married, you know, as well in the middle of this crazy pandemic and in the middle of this crazy year. And uh, I love spending time with him. And now we're watching Survivor, <laughs> which is something I never thought that I'd be doing, but maybe that's going to be our Thanksgiving <laughs> programming. I don't know. Um, we ordered a chess kit because we saw Queen's Gambit. And I know that, yes. you know, that's a lot of people have done that, but we find, it's great. Um, and, uh, and my family, even though I have not seen my family in nine months, um, I talk to them every day, either by phone or a text, uh, or an email. There is some sort of communication that I have with them every day. And so for all of you guys out there who like me, haven't seen your family in nine plus months, um, you know, they're still there. Be grateful that they're still there. And we're going to get through this holiday season and 2021 is going to be infinitely better than 2020 was. I just feel it. That's so nice, Grace. I also, when you were talking about your family and staying in touch, I just was thinking about how um, my grandmother, my late grandma who died, I think six or seven years ago, um, she used to love handwriting letters. Like maybe we can bring Aww. back handwritten letters to people and like being, That's being, sweet. Pen I love that. Oh yeah. my gosh. And to like see her writing is like, just, it's just nice. It feels like they're kind of more there than if you're just getting a text. Michaela, yeah. uh, it all comes down to you, whether or not this segment right. of the show is good. So, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are you thankful for? Well, I mean, I, I'm really grateful that I'm in my late 40s and I have two living parents um, who are relatively healthy physically, um, mentally. I, I have some questions, but um, but they're but they're doing they're doing good. Like Dana, you know, they are uh, registered Democrats, and I'm glad that I don't ever have to argue the merits of a Biden presidency with them. Um, I'm so grateful. Speaking of letter writing. I'm so, so, so grateful for these groups that I joined where that kept me honest and kept me rolling on doing phone banking and letter writing and postcard writing. And I'm not the leader of those and I'm not the instigator of those. I'm just somebody who gets to like join a Zoom call and and be told what to do. And I am just enamored and in love with these men and women, mostly women, <laughs> who are running these rooms where, you know, to get shit done to end this oh, this horrible time that we've been in and get us going into a new time that is yet to be seen. And I just have to also say thank you also to you, Aaron and, and Hysteria. Even if I wasn't on this podcast, listening to it every week has oh. been so nourishing for me yes. and made me so yes. happy. Alyssa, all your takes, I, I mean, Aaron, all your insights <laughs> and all the amazing guests you yes. have and all these other uh, co-hosts are just uh, amazing and you guys give me life. But the big prize really goes to my husband who four years ago, my beautiful, vibrant vagina just like dried up and <laughs> coughed sand out of it. And he has stood by me for these four years and it's back, baby. <laughs> my vagina's back. Oh my God. Back in action. <laughs> Congratulations are in order nationwide. Congratulations to Michaela's vagina for returning. <laughs> yes, wow. <laughs> yes. Um, now let's take a few minutes to, you know, we asked you a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, to submit some um, things that you're grateful for, listeners. So let's take a minute to listen to what you guys are into. Hi, my name is Heidi. In this Thanksgiving season, I'm grateful for the gift of being able to dance out all of my anxieties, and I mean all of my anxieties. There's so many anxieties. Dance them out alone in my living room to the sweet sounds of Harry Styles. I'm wearing a dress. He's wearing a dress. My dog, he's wearing a dress. <laughs> he's also looking on very confused. I mean, really, what a time to be alive. 
Thank you. Oh, I yeah, can you know, we all, this, can we all collectively be grateful for that Harry Styles magazine cover? Uh, oh yeah. I love him. Oh, Harry Styles and was it American Vogue, Dana? I think it was uh, yeah, American Vogue in just like the most ethereal flowy dress, making all the like conservatives on Twitter grab their metaphorical pearls. It's great on every level. Uh, Candace Owens freaked out. She she says that, you know, this country was founded by manly men who wore powdered wigs and fucking tights. <laughs> like, come on. What are you talking about? Aren't these people also like self-proclaimed libertarians who are like, do whatever you want. That's the freedom of America. It's like, yeah, freedom to do whatever you want until you like want to wear a dress on the cover of Vogue to be like, cool and have fun. Yeah. I'm I'm grateful yeah. for this listener for dressing her dog in a dress. I think people <laughs> dressing their dogs in clothes is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People should do it. Not cats. Cats don't like it. But dogs are totally, and Alyssa made a very yeah, grave face. Just, they don't like outfits. <laughs> cats, they don't like outfits. Okay. <laughs> now let's listen to another listener's, uh, what they're thankful for. Hi, my name is Sophie and I'm from Germany. What I'm grateful for this year is that I finally got up the courage to ask for help um, for my depression and anxiety. Therapy helps a lot, but also my friends have been so supportive. And in 38 years, I've never felt so loved. And I'm really grateful for that. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love that. Thanks for sharing that with us. That's that's so special. Man, asking for help is one of the hardest things to do. Like yeah. it's, yeah. ugh, I feel like I'm going to get teared up by this listener being willing no. to share that with us. Cause I think that's a really important example to set for people to mm-hmm. be able to ask for help. Um, okay. Next listener. Hi, Hysteria. My name is Leanne and something I'm super thankful for this year is connecting with new family. Um, I was adopted from South Korea at six months old and I've never really known what it's like to have any biological connection to anybody And in the midst of 2020, I took a DNA test and discovered that I have two full biological siblings that were also adopted to the U.S. separately. Um, During this pandemic, we've been able to connect virtually, obviously. And not only are they incredible people, they're just so kind and supportive. And they happen to share the same political views as me, which is also really nice. Um, (laughs) So that's just been a huge highlight of my otherwise dumpster fire of a year. Um, Thanks for letting me share and stay healthy. It's fucking great. That is so badass. I love it. Wow. I love that. Wow. Technology is amazing. Technology is amazing. Like it, you know, you hear these stories about people finding stuff out through like 23andMe and various like genetic testing sites. You hear stories about people Mm -hmm. finding out like, oh, uh, I have a secret I have a cousin, so my uncle <laughs> mm-hmm. must have cheated on my aunt. You hear like the, the like uh, family uh, scandal versions of it, and it's so cool when you hear people find like people they can really connect with. That's so cool. That is wonderful. Okay, let's listen to the next listener. This year, I'm overwhelmingly thankful to be spending Thanksgiving and dinners almost every night with my grandparents. Because I could, I moved up to my parents' beach house down the street from my grandparents back in May. So while I'm the youngest in the neighborhood now by over 40 years and sometimes feeling isolated in the shutdown beach town, I'm so thankful to be waiting out this pandemic helping two of the best people in the world. Oh, that's so I sweet. I love that. That one made me I sad. I love that. Not sad, but yeah, that got me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's really nice when you're able to spend time with your grandparents because it's like, you know, my grandparents lived in the same town that I lived in growing up. 
And uh, so after basketball practice or cross-country practice in high school, I would go to their house and wait for my parents to pick me up. And that was some of my most happy memories from being a kid. Also, my grandma was an incredible cook. And so she was always like forcing cookies upon me. And it was a really, (laughs) really, really nice time. All right, let's go on to the next listener. Hi, Erin and Alyssa. My name is Tony and I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This Thanksgiving, I am super thankful that Wisconsin turned blue, but I am also thankful for a special mom in uh, a little pod that we formed a couple months ago. She's a kindergarten teacher and has taken a couple of our K-4 year olds and taught them a few times a week on top of virtual learning. I don't know what I would do without her as uh, becoming a K-4 virtual teacher was definitely not in my life plan. Have a great Thanksgiving. Aw, man. Teachers are the shit. Teachers are absolutely the shit. I am I'm grateful for them also. That's very cool. Okay, we've got time for one more. Let's end on uh, one more listener thankfulness submission. Hi, Erin and Alyssa. My name is Carly. I'm currently in law school, which has been virtual all semester. It's been pretty rough, but I just wanted to say that I am absolutely so thankful for uh, the Hysteria Pod, you two and Riri and everybody who's come in, Megan, and just had these difficult but real discussions all year long. And you guys just, every time you guys speak, you're like speaking to my soul. Like, I wish I was at a table discussing this with you every week, but um, I'm just so happy that I have an outlet like you guys and keep it for my pop culture and Pod Save America for my politics. Like, these podcasts are just everything and more, especially in a year where I am sitting at a desk in front of my computer screen 24-7. Podcasts are just the best outlet to get away from all that. So thank you, guys. Thanks, Carly. Oh, mm. so sweet. That's, That's very, very, one. very nice. Um, that was awesome, guys. Thank you for all your submissions. Um, Alyssa and I have come up with some pretty bonkers uh, holiday material that you will be hearing more about in the next few weeks. This was definitely our most like straightforward one. Um, This was amazing. And thank you so much. The rest of them are going to be progressively weirder and weirder. And by the end of the year, we will all be on the same crazy page. So I'm super excited for that. (laughs) Alyssa, do you have anything to add? No, I mean, those, those, uh, they like really got me. It's sometimes it's hard to like because we come and we do this and it's always so fun and we just have a good time with each other. It's um it's like, you know, it chokes you up to know that it really does matter to people and that they look forward to hearing whatever we have to say. And also, I think that our listeners really let us say what we have to say and it's not always perfect and you know, I've come, I've had questions for Grace. I mean, like when we've talked through all this stuff over the summer and like I know I'm a middle-aged white lady and so, you know, I like, uh, I just really appreciate that. You know, they give us the room to say what we really feel and that we don't have to feel like we're scripted so we don't make a mistake or say something crazy because sometimes you say something crazy and you're like, that might've been crazy, but let's keep it in. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect and it's really cynical to expect perfection of anybody, literally, even Beyonce. Even Beyonce is not perfect. Even Michelle Obama is not perfect. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg was not perfect. Like, it's great that we give ourselves room to to have imperfections. Michaela, you looked like you wanted to say something. I, I was thinking about how grateful I am for Black Lives Matter because it has completely jostled something in me 
which was always there, obviously. And I thought I had been conducting myself as a, you know, a real ally. And I realized I kind of hadn't. And um, it's completely changed this time that we're in and it, the way that it was sparked by Black Lives Matter really taking the stage. It's, it has completely changed the way I interact with work and with other people and how I have demurred and lifted other voices and, you know, stood back and stood down in a time where I want to amplify other people. And and I don't know that, I don't know that, I, I'm just being honest, I don't know that I would have done that otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just grateful for having, you know, my eyes open more and and just really changing the way I, I, I do life in many ways. Mm-hmm. I think to bring it back to birds, I think, uh, I I think sometimes about how like difficult it is to be the person that's at the the front of the V, you know, the person Mm -hmm. that's like pushing things forward and the person Mm -hmm. that's taking all the headwind. And I Mm -hmm. think like the bravery of the people that are willing to stand up and be the first people to say things and be like the real progressives, Mm -hmm. like in a, like a dictionary definition to push the conversation forward takes like so much bravery and Mm -hmm. strength and it's really, I mean, if they didn't exist, like our entire V of geese flying in formation mm-hmm. would be totally lost. So mm-hmm. thank you for that, Michaela. And thank you to all the listeners. We're, we're really grateful for all of you. And um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be assholes to each other. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Let's take a break. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. A little housekeeping, guys. Oh my God, Alyssa, I'm excited about this. We've been waiting. We've, with breath that is baited. Our breath has been so baited. There's new merch, Hysteria merch, that Alyssa and I have both been very involved in helping come up with for you guys. It's, some of it is rolled out now. If you go to uh, Crooked Media's store, it's crooked.com slash store. So some of it's rolled out now, but some of it is like, coming within the next few weeks. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and say, Elizabeth, I think we both agree mm-hmm. what our favorite. Yeah, just say what it is. Okay, there are mugs that have our cats' faces on them that say, my favorite podcasts. I love podcasts. I love podcasts. One has Eleanor's face on it and one has Mitch. Midge's face. Mm-hmm. No, they're on the same mug, aren't they? I don't know. They're front There's, and back. Okay, okay. Well, my favorite podcast has like two cat faces on it, and one of them is my cat. And it's incredible. And one of them is Alyssa's cat. We also made a um, a special, because we talk about teachers a lot on the show. Know a lot of teachers listen. Know a lot of people who have family members that are teachers listen. We have a like pencil case that says they have to learn on it, which I love. There's also like some new shirts. There's some long sleeve hysteria shirts coming. Some very cozy, cozy sweatshirts, tie dye. And a lot of there's a tie dye fuck that guy. The fuck that guy mug is also incredible. Fuck that guy mug. 
There's also a calendar forthcoming. Mm -hmm. We commissioned an illustrator. Crooked Media's marketing people commissioned an illustrator. And the calendar is amazing and hilarious. It's insane. It's so good. We we love it. We hope you guys check it out. If you're, you know, on the market for some holiday gifts, if you want to gift yourself this holiday, just go to crooked.com slash store and you can see everything and keep checking back because more stuff is going to roll out in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Our house has been thoroughly kept. Now let's move on to Fight Club. Fight Club is a new segment that we're doing where we take a take that could be considered hot to extra hot and we debate its merits. Today's Fight Club topic Guys, in the year 2014, which was 10,000 years ago, uh, (laughs) Betsy Woodruff, now Betsy Woodruff Swan, uh, she's a political reporter, but she wrote a pretty thorough article for Slate about how Thanksgiving food is the worst food. So, Dana, I'm throwing to you first. Yeah. Do you agree that Thanksgiving food is the worst food? Attack or defend Thanksgiving food as a concept? Um. I can I I'm doing a, a more nuanced take that I don't think should be used as precedent. I'm doing a, a Bush v. Gore decision type thing where I think <laughs> turkey is awful and turkey is bad, but then the Thanksgiving sides are extra good to make up for it. So the Thanksgiving sides? Like you the think side that dishes. yams are good? I love sweet potatoes. I love stuffing. I wish stuffing was served all year round. I really love Thanksgiving side dishes like cream spinach, Brussels sprouts. Give me all the cozy fall sides. Turkey, bad. Never had a good turkey. No. Turkey looks very theatrical, objectively bad meat. But then because turkey is so bad, we make the sides extra good to compensate. So I'm against the the claim. So I'll say, no, Thanksgiving food is good because the goodness of the sides compensates for the badness of the turkey. Wow. So you're kind of taking the position that like when George W. Bush was the president, he's dumb, but it's okay because he surrounds himself with smart people. Like the the George W. Bush of meats surrounds himself with intelligent people, therefore. Um, Alyssa, you do a lot of cooking. Do you agree with what Dana was saying that the sides are what make Thanksgiving good? Or are you someone who thinks that turkey is good? You guys, I love turkey. (laughs) I love turkey. (laughs) I love it. My mom makes a very juicy turkey. I don't know if I would like it if it were dry, but they make a very good turkey. It's brined. I mean, and the sides are also extra good. I love, I agree, Dana, stuffing all year round. It is, and it's like never quite right when you get it at the store. So, you know, it has to be like homemade stuffing, but there's, there's no part of Thanksgiving that I don't like. Okay, I'm going to throw it to you, Michaela. Do you agree that Thanksgiving food is good, that turkey is good, that the sides are good? Well, when I was a kid, we had this uh, we had this tradition where you could pick what you wanted to have for your birthday dinner. And uh, every year I picked Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> for my— My birthday was like two weeks after Thanksgiving. Oh. Uh, so um, I have to completely, 100%, totally agree with Dana on this. I love the sides so much. I don't like cranberries on their own, but you put them in a big pile with mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes and stuffing, and it's just like joy. And if you took a turkey, and you know, maybe of course the way Alyssa's parents make it, it's going to be amazing and divine. But generally, if you replaced it with fried chicken or barbecued ribs, that to me would be a slam dunk meal. Like that's all I would want every day. Like if I were on death row, that's what I would request. It's sort of like the the whole is greater than the sum of some of its parts. 
So you're, you view Thanksgiving dinner as sort of the like halal guy's mixed plate of foods where like <laughs> you have your little pile of hummus and you have your like shawarma and then you have your like salad. Yeah. And what you do is you just stir oh, yeah. it all up. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'm not one of those people who's like can't have my sides not touching, you know, they can't touch each other. I, I, I just like them all together, like piled onto a plate. And then I always take the perfunctory dark meat of turkey because it's probably the only part that's not bone dry. Okay, dark meat is better. Objectively, dark meat is better than white meat. I think we can agree. Yeah, if you're if you're bullish enough to take a you know one of two legs, then get it. <laughs> but you know, I don't want to be that that person. <laughs> Grace, what do you make of the thanks the take that Thanksgiving food is is bad food? Here's my hot take, guys. There is a type of food that is better than Thanksgiving dinner, and that is. Mexican Christmas food, specifically tamales. Now I bring this up because I have yet to see what I think would be the perfect combination of Thanksgiving and Mexican Christmas, which is a turkey cornbread stuffing tamale. (gasps) What? Think about it. You stuff a tamale with bone dry turkey, okay? But you get, you you know, make it juicy. And then instead of just your traditional tamale, which is already corn-based, by the way, masa. So you still get that kind of cornbread stuffing flavor. You do some sort of cornbread stuffing masa on the outside. Bingo, bango, <laughs> best of both worlds. Why oh haven't you God. done that? Why aren't you doing that now? Why aren't you? I just came up with it on this podcast right now. Grace, and I think that maybe I have to go do this. Grace, full time. you're Can I, if you make them, it. will you deliver? <laughs> yes. I'll do a tapa style yeah. and do little to-go containers from the container store oh and God. give it to everybody. Guys. Yeah. Right. I, I, you know, I think that sounds amazing. And I'm very disappointed that I don't have one in front of me right now to eat. <laughs> I'm going to do the thing that I'm going to do during most fight clubs and figure out a way to defend this position. I do think that Thanksgiving food is the worst food because I think on Thanksgiving, that is a holiday where people cook things that they have no business cooking and they don't normally cook. Like I grew up thinking that Thanksgiving food was bad because on Thanksgiving, I would have like, soggy. I mean, my mom was a good cook, but on at family Thanksgiving, I'd have like wet green bean casserole, overcooked Brussels sprouts, like a yam that's sort of, sort of like a, a depressed potato that had like, <laughs> had covered itself in a comforter of, of marshmallows and was just didn't want to get up. Um, I think that Thanksgiving food is something that can be rehabilitated with a little bit of creativity. But I think in general, they're challenging dishes to make. Turkey is hard to make good mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. naturally dry. You have to brine it or you have to deep fry it and risk burning your house down. Brussels sprouts are tough mm-hmm. to make because you, before you understand caramelizing something in the oven or like frying something with bacon fat on the stovetop, like Brussels sprouts are not very tasty. Green bean casserole, like you have to be kind of creative and know what you're doing. I think Thanksgiving food is not good because most people shouldn't be cooking. And that is a maybe even hotter take than the Thanksgiving <laughs> food is, is the worst I love food it. take. I love it. What do you think, Erin, about the day after Thanksgiving food, though? Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. Because to me, that's when stuff really gets good. That's when shit gets incredibly real. Yeah. There is a blog, and uh, I think the blog is kind of like inactive now, but there's also a cookbook called The Homesick Texan. <gasps> and she has a recipe for a turkey verde soup. You take leftover Thanksgiving turkey and you make like a base that is like tomatillo salsa and you make a Mm. soup 
out of it. And it is some, it's like the best soup recipe in the world. And it is mm-hmm. entirely Thanksgiving leftovers based. If you can get tomatillos where you live, it's the best. So yeah, I think, I think that leftovers are like undeniably great. Stuffing is undeniably great. Uh, from the yeah. box stuffing. Yeah. I'll take it anyway. You yeah. Make it. Here's the Schwartz family pro tip for stuffing. Holla stuffing. It's it's already, it's it's already basically like a bread pudding. So by making it with like a really rich eggy bread, it's amazing. That's my, that's our pro tip. Interesting. Who does the marshmallows on the sweet potatoes? No. I do. I like it. Yes, Alyssa. You know what? But I only do it. I only do marshmallows on sweet potatoes during Thanksgiving. I eat sweet potatoes a lot and I never do marshmallows on it. I don't cover it. I don't eat. I I dot them just for effect. So you can scrape them off if you don't want to eat them. They look I'm nice not. when they get all caramelized yeah. and s'moresed. They do, but I think they taste terrible. I think that yams, like the way that we make them for Thanksgiving, are very bad. But that just means you're making them bad. Who does peanut butter on stuffing? Oh, what? I'm, I'm just kidding. It's not a thing, but it sounds as ludicrous as putting marshmallows on sweet potatoes. <laughs> Thank you, Michaela. Thank you for making this point because it is a savory sweet potato is a treat. You can use it to fill a burrito. You can mm. use it as like a, you can make a hash and like crack an egg on top of it. A savory sweet potato is a treat. A sweet, sweet potato, it's like having Simone Biles play basketball. <laughs> Why? She's a, she's the best gymnast to ever live. Why are you doing this to her? She's not going <laughs> to slam dunk. She's four foot six or however tall she is. Um yeah, I, I guess maybe my my biggest issue with Thanksgiving food is is yam abuse, and I I just. <laughs> but I yams are such a gift on Thanksgiving because while your oven's already on, just rub them with oil and a little salt, and just stick them in there, and they'll be so delicious with the so least make a amount yam of work. Fry. Leave marshmallows out of this. If you make a make a meringue, if you want some marshmallowy like fluffy thing to eat, you don't just. I feel like the marshmallows are real a real problem for me. Frankly, we can't even decide if they're yams or sweet potatoes. You know, we don't know what to call them. We don't know which one to use. It's true. It's true. And you know, when we were um, committing genocide in this country, one of the greatest treats ever was to sit down with some toasted marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how did marshmallows make their way into this meal at all? I mean, they had to have come the same route that the green bean casserole came. Yeah. Do you guys do, like, the canned cram? My mom is always homemade cranberry sauce. We do both. We have both. I don't understand I love a home. I love a canned cranberry. Nice slice. I love a can. What? I'll take an ocean spray cranberry can any day. No. I don't know, guys. The canned cranberry in the slices reminds me of, like, the gelatin era of, like, American food. It just seems... It like gross to me. Like it's like a savory. Yes. It's like a savory. So let jello. me defend like- the jellied cranberry. Regular. I've never okay. had them. I want to say regular cranberries can be very aggressive on a delicate digestive system. So the jellied is actually much better than the whole cranberry for people who are say driving thirty minutes from their parents' house back home. Then you just have some sliced cranberry, and then you have the regular cranberry or like the homemade cranberry the next day when you're home. And you can spread it on your sandwich much easier the next day. And you can can use a cookie cutter to make it in the shape of a star, a turkey, or a half moon. (laughs) A half moon. The classical sign of Thanksgiving. (laughs) I may do that on Thursday. 
Or you could put you could incorporate it into Pictures. a dessert. Like a Dana has been making all these like fancy baking. You can make like yeah. a tart with the cranberry instead of having it be just like dished into your plate. There's just like you I know, think I'm, I might. You can be creative with it. Okay, well I think we solved Thanksgiving food. Uh, I think. We should probably in the show notes share some of our favorite recipes if people want to click through. I have a few. So like afterwards, we'll like compile our favorite like Thanksgiving recipes and we'll tell everybody to cut them into tenths for their micro Thanksgivings (laughs) that they're having this year. Guys, that's all the time we have for this special Thanksgiving dinner episode of Hysteria. Thank you, Dana Schwartz. Thank you, Grace Parra. Thank you, Michaela Watkins. And thank you to my ride or die, Alyssa Master Monaco. And thanks to all of you, the listeners. There will be more hysteria for you next week. I am from another planet. This nation these girls Hysteria is a crooked media production. Caroline Rustin is our producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastermonico is our co-producer, and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer, and our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Our digital team is Narmelconian and Matt DeGroote. Thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support every week. <laughs>